Hello, Louisiana. I'm Kerry Martin, and this is the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast for Tuesday, October 22nd of 2019. Welcome to the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast, a look at the latest news in Louisiana agriculture. Now, here's the host of the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast, Carrie Martin. Feral swine, or wild hogs as we like to call them, are a big problem in just about every area of Louisiana. Dr. Glenn Gentry is a feral swine specialist with the LSU Ag Center, and we'll talk to him more about the wild hog problem. That's coming up later in the podcast. But first, here's a look at news headlines. USDA released its latest crop progress and condition report numbers on Monday. The nation's soybean crop is showing better progress numbers than corn. That's according to USDA meteorologist Mark Brusberg. They're dropping leaves on 94% of the acreage. That's pretty close to the five-year average of 97%, and last year they had 98%. And soybean harvest progress is lagging behind. They were able to harvest 46% uh, total as of October 20, and that's behind last year's 51, and the five-year average is 64, but they did jump 20 points from the previous week, so they, they were able to get into the field. Cotton development and harvest is ahead of schedule in most places, but rain has caused problems in some areas. The one area where uh, they have been having issues with rainfall was cotton, uh, and again, this report is as of October 20, so even uh, prior to seeing rains from Tropical Storm Nestor, they had a challenging week in the southeast. Uh, nationally, bowls were 93% open, um, 88% uh, last year, 89% is typical on average. So that crop continues to run ahead of schedule. And in, in uh, nationally, about 40% of the crop is harvested. And again, that's also slightly ahead of last year, which was at 38%. And the five-year average was 35. So they've been really running ahead of schedule all year uh, in cotton, especially in the southeast. Looking at some of the Louisiana numbers that came out on Monday, we're looking at cotton harvest now 81% complete. That is right on pace with the five-year average pace of 82%. Soybean harvest wrapping up 94% of the beans now out of the field. Sweet potato harvest is now 70% done. And, of course, sugarcane harvest is well underway. We have 26% of the cane now harvested. That is a bit ahead of the 22% five-year average pace. Of course, we don't have a lot of winter wheat here in Louisiana, but we do have some acreage going in right now. 21% of the winter wheat is now planted, well ahead of the average pace of 6% at this time of year. Sugarcane condition ratings shape up like this in the report. 15% of the cane crop rated excellent, 42% good, 37% fair, and 6% of the cane crop rated poor to very poor. Pasture conditions here in Louisiana show 3% of the pastures rated excellent, 30% good, 49% fair, and 18% of our pastures rated poor to very poor. New legislation in the United States Senate addresses mental health and stress stemming from the farm economy. Michael Clements has more from Washington. 
The American Farm Bureau Federation welcomes the Seeding Rural Resilience Act that seeks to address rural stress and mental health. Senators Chuck Grassley and John Tester introduced the legislation this week. R.J. Carney, AFBF Congressional Relations Director, says the bill expands on similar provisions in the last Farm Bill. This is an act that's going to build upon the 2018 Farm Bill, which authorized $10 million for the Farmer Stress Assistance Network. The purpose of this act is to help farmers respond to stress and decrease the stigma associated with mental health care in rural communities. Carney says the legislation would create three initiatives to grow resources and awareness for rural stress. First, it's going to implement a training program for USDA's Farm Service Agency, Risk Management Agency, and Natural Resource Conservation Service employees to provide voluntary stress management when they interact with farmers and ranchers. Secondly, it will create a PSA campaign to raise public awareness and destigmatize mental health care in rural communities. And the third initiative will be to establish best practices for responding to farm and ranch mental stress. Carney says today's farmers and ranchers are facing a tremendous amount of stress warranting the legislation. Right now, farmers are facing uh, detrimental financial crisis, weather issues, trade wars, and also labor shortages. So we commend Senators Tester and Grassley for introducing the Seeding Rural Resilience Act, which will hopefully be instrumental in bringing public awareness to mental health and stress for farmers and ranchers. Michael Clements, Washington. A Natchitoches Parish logging operation is shut down after vandals allegedly destroyed two pieces of equipment in Wynn Parish. Louisiana Commissioner of Agriculture and Forestry, Mike Strain. Vandals entered the logging operation, destroyed the radiator and one skitter and broke a hole into the engine block of a cutter. These criminal actions, uh, and again, the repair bill is over $16,000. This is a felony, and I repeat, this is a felony to destroy uh, agricultural equipment, and this will be a heavy fine and jail time. The Louisiana Forestry Association is offering a reward of up to $2,000 for any information that leads to an arrest and conviction of the person or persons responsible for this damage. Anyone with information is urged to call the Louisiana Department of Agriculture and Forestry hotline at 855-452-5323. That is a look at some of the latest news headlines in Louisiana agriculture. Remember, you can always stay up to date by checking out our website, voiceoflouisianaagriculture.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to our daily e-newsletter. It's called The Daily Voice. Just click the button in the middle of the home page and fill out your name and email address and we'll send the Daily Voice right to your inbox every weekday morning at 5 a.m. Now let's look at the markets on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Corn and soybeans closed the day only slightly higher. Wheat and rice both finished lower. Grayson Close is a grain marketing specialist with the Louisiana Farm Bureau Marketing Association. Grayson, what was going on in the markets today? We pretty much closed on change from yesterday. They did hit a pretty good highs only overnight, though, so that's good to see. Most of the pressure uh, for the upward movement is coming from lack of harvest progress across the Midwest, where it turned wetter over the last half of the weekend and into Monday. So that puts some put some uh, feelings in the trade to make it think that maybe we're going to lose a little bit more yield here. Uh, just waiting to see how those things shape up, and then we turn our attention back to demand. South America is becoming uh, something to watch out for as well, as they're having some 
wet weather, which is actually beneficial to their crop at this point as they're getting going on their planting season. Soybeans close slightly higher. November beans up three quarters, 934. January soybeans up one and a half, 948 and a quarter. December corn up three quarters, closing at 388 a bushel. March corn up a half at $4 even. July wheat down four and a quarter, 533 and a half. Rough rice closed lower. November rice down nine and a half, eleven seventy a hundred weight. January rice down ten at eleven ninety seven. The cotton market finished slightly higher. December cotton up eleven points, sixty four sixty seven. March cotton up eight at sixty five forty two. January sugar unchanged, twenty six sixteen. At the Oklahoma National Stockyards on Monday, feeder steer sold steady to two dollars higher. Feeder heifers sold unevenly steady. Steer calves were one to three dollars lower. Heifer calves steady to two dollars lower. Lighter weight calves not well tested, but a higher undertone was noted in the market. USDA is releasing a cattle on feed report coming up on Friday. The pre-report estimates show that the number of cattle on feed is expected to be 98.9% of a year ago. Placements at 101.5%, with marketings expected to be 101.1%. On the futures market, we saw lower prices for live cattle. December down 17 cents at 113.70. But feeder cattle were higher. November feeders up 65 cents at 143.50. Feral hogs are a big problem here in Louisiana. We'll talk with LSU Ag Center feral hog specialist Glenn Gentry about the work that's being done to try to combat the damage hogs are doing. That's coming up next on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. The landscape of media has changed and people are more skeptical than ever about where they get their news and information. While major news outlets show decreasing credibility, your local farm radio station still shows strong marks. In a recent survey, farmers rated information from their farm broadcasters as almost twice as reliable as major news outlets. Farm radio continues to be transparent, honest, and trustworthy. This message brought to you by the National Association of Farm Broadcasting. The Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. The wild hog problem just gets worse by the day here in Louisiana. So what's being done to combat this problem? Don Molino caught up with LSU Ag Center feral swine specialist, Dr. Glenn Gentry, to find out. Dr. Glenn Gentry is a feral swine specialist at the LSU Ag Center. Dr. Gentry, what kind of research are you doing on feral swine and soybean fields? We're trying to uh, develop a feral swine toxicant. Uh, for these pigs. And we've been working on this for the last four years, I guess. The Soybean and Grain Board has, has been gracious enough to fund me and, and keep our research going. And um, we're using sodium nitrite uh, as a as a toxicant. Uh, we use sodium nitrite mainly because sodium nitrite is very environmentally friendly and it breaks down pretty readily in the environment. Uh, also, uh, one of the reasons we use sodium nitrite is humans are more tolerant to sodium nitrite than pigs. Um, if you consume sausage or you consume bacon, you consume sodium nitrite because sodium nitrite is used in human foods as a preservative. The FDA says humans uh, 
can consume up to 200 parts per million sodium nitrite in a finished human product. In our research, we found out that it takes 189 parts per million. Uh, another way to say that would be 189 grams per kilogram of sodium nitrite to kill a pig. So pigs are much less tolerant to sodium nitrite than humans are. And, and the reason this is an is a, 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 a important point is pigs uh, are hunted in Louisiana, as in most states. So if you have a pig walking around with a sublethal dose of sodium nitrite, uh, because the pig didn't succumb to the poison, uh, it should be safe for humans uh, to consume. Did sodium nitrate initially create problems in the delivery system? We've thought for a long time that we were going to have to encapsulate it, meaning that if you take sodium nitrite and you put it in a cup and you, you set it on the, the table, especially here in Louisiana where we have high humidity, it's hygroscopic, meaning that it pulls moisture out of the air and you come back in an hour and your cup's half full of water. Well, uh, the sodium nitrite would react with the water and it would turn into sodium and nitrates and that sort of thing, which was less toxic to pigs. So we spent probably three years trying to come up with a way to encapsulate sodium nitrite to where we could put it in a bait matrix, uh, we could put it out on the landscape, pigs could consume it, the encapsulation product would break down in the pig's digestive system, release the sodium nitrite, and it would, it would kill the pig. Well, it, as it turns out, uh, within the last six months or so, we've determined that we don't need to encapsulate sodium nitrite. Why not? We can actually incorporate sodium nitrite uh, in a uh, alkaline bait matrix, meaning it needs to be pH neutral or higher, and the sodium nitrite doesn't break down. Uh, and in the tests that we've run, uh, pigs actually prefer the sodium nitrite lace baits compared to baits made similarly but with no sodium nitrite. Uh, this is some work that, that Dr. Dylan Thompson from the Department of Chemistry at LSU and myself have worked on over the course of the last year or so with the, uh, the pH. So the finding that uh, we can now use an alkaline-based matrix, we don't have to encapsulate the sodium nitrite, really pushes us forward in being able to provide something for the stakeholders of Louisiana down the road. There have been problems in the past with feeders. How's that going? We have to have a feeder uh, or a delivery system that we can put out on the landscape and deliver the sodium nitrite laced baits to pigs and reduce the impact on non-targets or what we'd really like to do is eliminate non-targets. One of the one of the main non-targets that people are worried about is the Louisiana black bear. Uh, so Dr. Daryl Sanders and I have been working over in the Chafalaya Basin and we've come up with a plan and have tested it, and it worked out where we can actually put a feeder up. We've had black bears come to the feeder, and they have not been able to get to the feeder itself. Uh, they'll rear up, they'll push, but the, the feeder is, is secured, and the bears have not been able to get in it. But how about getting the bait actually to the hogs? I don't think there will ever come a time when people will be able to put uh, feral hog toxicants on the landscape like you would rat bait. There's too many other animals that will get in it. Uh, most mammals, if not all mammals, are susceptible to sodium nitrite poisoning, including humans. Uh, but 
depending on the species, the tolerance either increases or decreases. Rabbits, for instance, 500 parts per million, compare that to a pig that's at 189 deer or about the same um, uh, level as, as pigs. So we want to be able to deliver that particular bait when the pigs are there. We've developed a cellular network uh, where we can then text our delivery system and it releases the baits when the pigs are there. So the hogs really like the, the bait you're developing? And through testing, we've developed our, our bait to where pigs actually prefer the bait over whole shell corn. So if you have a feeder up or you have a mash out, uh, you should be able to, when pigs are there, release the baits. The pigs will leave the corn, consume the bait, and then go back to eating corn. So that's one of the ways that we're working towards um, not impacting non-target animals. So where we are right now, uh, we've got a, a feeder uh, that's about ready to come online. We're going to do some field testing with it. Uh, we're going to move from individual testing with our baits uh, on our pigs to group testing uh, in a pen situation. It'll be more like what happens on the landscape. In other words, we'll set the feeder up, we'll load it with baits, we'll put a, we'll put a, a, a corn feeder up, the wildlife feeder, get the pigs to come in, uh, and then we would text the feeder, have it release, and, and look at lethal, le- the lethality of that particular uh, delivery. And then we will move forward to the USDA and EPA for testing. Dr. Glenn Gentry, the LSU Ag Center Feral Swine Specialist. I'm Don Molino on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. And that wraps up our podcast for Tuesday, October 22nd of 2019. We'll be taking a couple of days off, but we'll be back on Friday. We'll see you then, but in the meantime, be sure to connect with us on social media. We're on both Facebook and Twitter. The handle is at Voice of LA Ag. See you next time right here on the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. Thanks for listening to the Voice of Louisiana Agriculture podcast. This podcast is produced by Kerry Martin and the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. For more information, be sure to check out our website, voiceoflouisianaagriculture.org and lafarmbureau.org.